This is a true crime Kent remix. Feet, dead bud. Feet is short for featuring. Welcome back. We're doing another thing here for TCK here. A little bit of extra. This isn't your typical uh, TCK episode. We're not going to be talking about a crime today. What we're doing is a little, something a little bit different. This is a little bit of a bonus content. I'm interviewing a dude that Jack and myself have both became big fans of in the past few months. A guy that has garnered quite a bit of a following on his own, despite YouTube's blatant hatred towards freedom of speech and their war on interesting content that doesn't fit into their little safety bubble. The guy I'm talking to today is a world heavyweight champion of not giving a fuck. If you thought those of us here at 1159 Media test the line of what is considered risque, this guy curb stomps that line and then struts past it, strolling like Conor McGregor. If you want, you can go to his YouTube channel. It's Deadbug Says. And there you'll find more than 200 of the most well-produced, edited, and written miniature documentaries pertaining to true crime that are delivered into your face at 300 miles per hour by an abrasive, comical Mack truck with a gravelly voice. He also recently directed the newest music video released by Insane Clown Posse and Violent J himself from Insane Clown Posse is probably one of the guy's biggest fans. He's loved by many, hated by few, and respected by us here at 1159 Media. We love him. Uh, welcome to TCK, Deadbug. Wow. I mean, that's uh, that's quite a, an introduction. Although I would have to correct you on the uh, loved by many, hated by few. <laughs> I, I, w- I would turn that around a bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, loved by those that matter. Yeah. Well, exactly. That that's exactly yeah, yeah. what I that's exactly what I say. Anybody that hates you is, in my experience, uh, we deal with this problem too. The people that hate you are usually not the people that I give a shit like out in the real world what they would think anyway. Well, exactly. There's, you know, there's a lot of sensitive people out there as well. You know, in these current days and times, probably more so than any other time in history. Oh my God, that includes the Salem witch trials. Well, yeah, without a doubt, it's, it reminds it's it's like McCarthyism. I've I've heard that being said more than a few times. A revisit of uh, McCarthyism. We're we're really kind of in this. It, it almost seems we're on the the precipice of of the dystopian future that a lot of writers in the early 1900s spoke about. Without a doubt, you know. I mean, I came up in uh, television in the in the uh, 90s. Yeah, and and it was just a different time. I mean, as a journalist, a different time. I mean, now I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, I'm just shocked at some of the things that come forward. It's just insane. And because the goalposts are constantly moving, you don't know. I mean, even if me and you say we weren't, and by the way, you, Deadbug, you you are way more risque than we are. But even with what I do, I feel like the goalposts are constantly moving so much that even if you weren't in a in kind of towing the line, mm-hmm. you might say something right now that'll get you canceled next week. And it could be completely cool today yeah i mean i don't even know it's funny because you know uh youtube they'll uh they'll they'll send you out uh you know they'll they'll take down something that i've done and they'll take something down that i've done that is on private that i've taken it down myself because i figured they're going to give me a strike they will remove it and then they will say to me check you know and make sure you know we're removing this it violates our guidelines right check if any of your other content violates our guidelines 
And the simple fact is, is that six months ago, you put a plus 18 on this documentary and you said you checked it and it's not suitable for viewers. Six months later, you're removing it and you're giving me a strike and you're telling me to check my other content. Yet your guidelines are worded exactly the same. And now they're adding profanity on it. And it's also their guidelines are so vague. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. And I think they do that intentionally uh, so that they can just remove whatever they want without needing much of an explanation. Dude, vagueness. I mean, that is the... You know, vagueness. I mean, that's the perfect weapon, isn't it? Against against Absolutely. free speech. I mean, this is and that's exactly what they do. And they say they're going to give more clarity. And it's it's insane. I mean, especially when you're getting ghosted, you know, like it's just. And if anybody has been shadow banned, it is most certainly you. Oh, my, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I'll, I'll tell you a little story about uh, a quick story about YouTube. You know, I come from a television background, so I'm not a YouTuber per se. I'm just someone who makes TV shows that decided to go to YouTube and do it there as well. And they sent out an email when I reached a certain amount of subscribers, they sent me out an email saying, you know, Hey, that bug, you, you've made it. We want, we want to invite you out to a YouTube conference because now you, <laughs> now you have the, the, um, the numbers, the views, you know, the hours watched. We're having a conference. You can come out to our facilities. You can meet people. You can talk to them about the channel. Just click here to get your ticket, to get your invite. And I thought, well, this sounds really, this sounds lame, but since it's just down the road from where I live, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to, I'm going to embrace being a dork and I'm going to just do it, you know? Yeah. 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 So, so I click on it. I, I say, hey, where's my invite? Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, I, I'm really excited. <laughs> they email me back. <laughs> About 20 minutes later, and they say, I'm sorry, you're not the type of person that we want to come to our event. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a compliment, dude. That's a compliment. Can can you imagine that? I mean, could you imagine? I mean, in any other business, if if you went to your company, you went to your day job, and you got disinvited from a Christmas party or something, you could take it to HR. You could sue them. But YouTube blatantly unapologetically says you're not the type of person that we want to come to our event. They've never even met me. Extremely rude, but I'll tell you this. Picturing Deadbug at an event like that with these chodes <laughs> that all have the same like tiptoeing or that and 90%, 90, I would say 95% of all the like the virtue signaling and and saying what is quote unquote right isn't doesn't have anything to do with any kind of like genuine interest in and progressiveness or, or social justice, it's usually self-serving. Oh, 99% of the time it's self-serving. Oh, fuck, for sure. I mean, you, you don't you don't have to fucking tell me. I mean, it's just, I, uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I was only going there hoping to get laid or something, but. Uh, yeah. so, so, so. <laughs> but picturing you, dude, picturing Deadbug at an event like that with all these chodes and chads standing around, it, it makes me think of that. I don't know if you've ever seen that Christmas picture that the family took. Where they're all standing there, they look like you know the the beavers. Yeah. What is it? the the cleavers? Yeah. And then there's dead bug here in black metal makeup with the long black hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that <laughs> that, that sounds yeah, yeah. that sounds about right to me. But yeah. So um. But I mean that that's how much YouTube hate me. I mean it's just it's it's just ridiculous. So I'm gonna, I've got some questions I want to ask you, and okay. but I also before we did this interview, I I put it out on the social medias there out on the internets. Uh, some questions from both fans of of TCK and fans of your your own. Okay. Um, so there's some questions from from your listeners and my listeners. But first, I was kind of wondering what made you want to get out of like the because you worked mainstream for a long time, dude. Yeah, I mean, I st- I sort of still still do if the right project comes along. What got you into this macabre thing that we do? 
I had uh, I, I was working uh, at a crime station. I think you've got them in the states as well, called CI. Okay. Okay. Crime investigation, and I was doing a documentary there. And at this time, I'd already uploaded a couple of things. Just for fun, I was uploading stuff. You know, sometimes I would be away shooting and I'd be in a hotel room for like two weeks. I have some time off. So I would start doing little things and put them up on YouTube just for fun. Because, you know, news is very regimented. Television is 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 quite regimented. So creatively, you have to do what they tell you. But I mean, YouTube, generally, if you have an idea, you can follow through with it. And I was doing a documentary and I can't think who it was. I think it might have been Scott Peterson. Okay. And uh, that case, by the way, getting a lot of attention right now. Yeah, I, I, I haven't been following it, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, the way it works is, is, is I do a documentary on something. I get a folder of all the facts that they want me to include on it. Now, one of the facts that kept coming up was that him and his wife, I can swear, can I? Yeah, there's no problems. Oh, with, yeah. Oh, good, good. Oh, yeah. Swear as much as you want. Every other word could be fuck. Okay. Okay. Good, good. good. I'll, I'll try not to di- digress that much. But with this Scott Peterson, so a lot of times, you know, I've got a contact of the, the police force or the local police force. And as a journalist, I have a journalist pass. You contact the press, the press department, and then they'll send you through the details. We pay a fee, usually, or the company pays a fee. And then they'll just send me through an encrypted folder. You know, that I open up and I go through all this. Now, one of the things that kept coming up was that he had difficulties with his his wife, and that his his big thing was ass fucking. Okay, he liked that. Man. He liked that. Brought ass. many a good man down. Well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, he liked. He, he <laughs> <laughs> never heard, never heard that. that was before. My only flaw. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's one. It's one of my one of my many. But yeah, so so I mean, so right there in the report, I'm seeing ass fucking, ass fucking, ass fucking, and this was a problem that him and this uh, that his missus were having issues with. And so I mentioned it in the documentary. So the way a documentary works, I put it all together. I'll do a rough a rough voiceover for it, and then later we'll get someone else to do the voiceover. But I do the rough one, and then I'll play it to our executive producers. And I forget exactly what I was saying, but I, I wasn't saying ass fucking. I was saying sodomy or whatever the fancy words were. And my my boss came in and I played it. And he was like, I could see he was sitting at the edge of the seat. He was smiling nice. He liked all the editing and stuff and loving it. And then I said the sodomy word. And he just stops, the, hits the computer button. He goes, what the fuck was that? I said, well, you know, it's sodomy because, you know, that's the issue. Him and his wife will fight because he liked the ass fuck and she didn't. He said, you can't say that. And I said, so, well, why not? I mean, why? it's yeah, it's all in the folder here. And then my boss looked at me, serious as you can imagine. And he says, because ass fucking doesn't sell Cheerios. We work for the sponsors. So I had to take it all out. So it was just, and everything that I did for these guys, I was leaving out the facts of the crime because we were dependent on the advertisers. Even though we were going, this is after Watershed. So this is after 930 at night when we've got adults watching it. And I got so fed up. And then I went and I worked for the History Channel, which were, were part owned by the same company. They're owned by NE. And it was the same thing. Even for like Jack the Ripper documentaries, I wasn't able to say the facts that I was presented because of the advertisers. That's fucked up, man, because you're entirely alter- altering the yeah, the feel of the case in lieu of making money. That's yeah. almost criminal in my in my opinion. What they're making you, what they make you do, exactly. Especially since these facts aren't even blank. Like sometimes I'll get like when we get the police reports from the from the different uh, the police departments, they'll have things markered out that I can't use occasionally. 
Right. Or they'll just say, don't use this. So I can see it, but they say, don't use it. Fair enough. But this is even marked out. So, I mean, the fact is I can't even use sodomy. Sometimes these are, are big things. I mean, these are big things in the case. It's just, it happened. And, and there were so many issues that they wouldn't let me cover. And I finally just got fed up and I thought, you know what? So I, at this time I was posting on LiveLeak. I wasn't posting on YouTube and they, they fucking love me over there. I mean, I was just, I was taking all the stuff that I'd learned from working <laughs> there. I was getting paid to learn from CI and then I was taking it, making my own documentaries and posting it on LiveLeak, like secretly under Deadbug. And they fucking loved it. And then I thought, you know what? I could do this. I could just like be a renegade. I could just fucking quit. And I could just get, and I still got my, I still got my press credentials and I can make my own documentaries and I can just contact the police stations with my press credentials, get all the information and then post it on YouTube and LiveLeak. And then, you know, LiveLeak went down and that's what I've been doing. I just... I just thought, fuck it. I'll just do it. I got a bank loan. I went all renegade. That had to have been so fucking liberating creatively as, as an artist, as a creative person. For the, for the six, for the first six months when I, when my bank had my bank loan, I was like riding a gravy train with fucking biscuit wheels. I was just saying, fuck it. I was saying, fuck this, fuck that ass, fuck this. I was like spilling all the beans. And I thought I was like the, the Shea Shivara of fucking, uh, YouTube and Live Leak. And then when the loan, when the when the loan ran out and it hadn't been monetized, I I was and all my child support bills were coming in. I was like, "What the fuck have I done? <laughs> I've committed artistic suicide, <laughs> all all in the name of uh, of you know freedom of speech." Yeah, but that's worth committing suicide over. I, I well, mean, as far as I I would rather be doing what we're doing with little limited exposure or really shadow band exposure as opposed to doing what they're doing uh, mm. for money and virtue signal points. Well, very true. But, you know, I mean, I started out in the eighties. I mean, I started out as doing the crime watch on the six o'clock news. Right. And then I started working for Dateline for NBC and well, I was doing the six o'clock news for, for NBC, which, which is just an affiliate. And then I did Dateline, and, and, and we, we didn't have any issues back then in the nineties. We could do what we wanted and then uh, even in 2000, it, it was okay. But then it just, it's only in the last six years that things have really changed, like really taken this downturn. Well, let me ask you this. When you were working at these major outlets in the 90s and ICP started dropping the great Malenko and the amazing Jekyll Brothers and all that, I bet you never thought watching that in the late 90s that you'd be one day directing a music video for those guys. <laughs> no, you know, the funny thing is I, I never thought, but then... Um, I mean, I've directed, my sideline is direct the music video. So I've, I've worked for Motley Crue, for Pharrell Williams, Alice Cooper, Billy Idol, Red Hot Chili Peppers. So I have been doing it for years. So when they contacted me, the, the great thing there was, is that they didn't contact me through an agent. They didn't, con they contacted me because they were fans of my YouTube channel. I've heard Violent J talk about you. Yeah, he's a fan. Yeah, it was very, he really said great. And then they contacted me and I, I was very proud because it was on my own merits where the wow. other things, the other things were through sort of already having a very professional reputation and stuff like that. So when they contacted me, it was just YouTube. I was unaware that they had, you know, they said, oh, this guy worked for Motley Crue, so let's get him. I, I think it was standalone. They liked me. They wanted me to do something for him. So I was, I was very, yeah, very proud. And I respect them greatly because I know they, they kind of hate it as well.
You had ditched your professional name. You're going off Deadbug now. Nobody knows who Deadbug is. At the, well, they do now, but at the time, you you kind of left the kingdom and, and started back out in the trenches under another alias. So you had, without any kind of clout or any kind of backing from any from the major networks, you had built yourself back up, which is impressive to do it once. It's impressive to go with what you did under your real name to the level that you got to, but it's it's 10 times more impressive to do that and then fucking leave it, go back <laughs> down to the trenches, put on a separate mask, and then fucking do it again by yourself. Oh, well, well, thank you. But I mean, you know, it's, it's funny because it's, it's in some ways it's, it's more liberating doing that that way. It, it would yes, be really, yes. it would really easy to go because I mean, you know, I've worked for MTV in front of the camera as well, doing, doing some of their metal shows and things like that. And it would be easy to go in front of the camera and say, I'm this person. And, you know, I used to be and use that sort of, but I wanted to sort of start from a fresh you know, just a, a fresh perspective and not sort of rely on my past. You know, every time I, st- you know, every time I get in front of the camera, say, hey, I used to work for MTV or, hey, I used to work for, you know, for Sky News or, and, and do that. But then plus with these people, I, I signed, um, you know, NDAs and they, they'd come after me if I, uh, if I tried to bank too much. They, they'd probably pay a little too much attention on, to me if I tried to uh, bank on my past glories, especially NBC, which they're, you know, they're, they're fucking like the mind police, the top police. Probably the worst of all of them. Yeah. Being honest. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. I mean, my contract I signed with them was like was like a uh, a phone book. They still contact me if they figure I cross a line too much. It just, you know, they remind me I signed the contract and make me take things down. I've put things up on Vimeo and stuff, and they've made me take it down. So, yeah, they're, 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 they're tough, and you, you just, they're always watching. I would say it's them, and then second, it's a tie between CNN and Fox. Well, yeah, I haven't worked for CNN, but I, I, I used to work for Fox as well. And uh, I worked for Sky well, for a few years here over here in England who, who are owned by Fox, I guess. And uh, they're, they're the same way. They're, they're, you know, they're tough. I mean, I, I loved them when I was there. But, you know, I mean, yeah. when, you're not, when you're not there and you're looking over the fence, they can come after you if they need to. Well, I'm glad we're talking about this because one, one of my other questions was like how I was listening to an interview you did with, a, with another podcast. And you talked about how being a journalist uh, in your past has helped with gathering information during research. And I was kind of interested in how that works. You said that you would just use your journalism credentials to get kind of information maybe that uh, other researchers and people don't have access to. Well, yeah, well, that's exactly how it works. I mean, a lot. sometimes it's, it, it's very straightforward. Like, I'll come and like, say something like this, Scott Peterson. They don't want me to do any research. They've had other people research it. They just hand me a big fat folder. And I keep saying Scott Peterson, that's just because it stands in my mind. But, you know, I've done other things, Jack the Ripper, a whole bunch of, uh, I think I did the next 48. I don't know if you heard of that show. Uh, yes, I, I guess my wife watches that. Yeah, so I, I did that for a while as well. And they just hand me a folder. But then sometimes it's I do it, have to fresh. I have to do all the uh, research myself. And we have pr- press credentials and we just contact the the, the press department. You pay a fee, you send a nice, polite email, you know, I work a thing, can can I have the information or the court documents on this case? And they say yes, or they say we don't have it. You know, for some of the older cases, they don't have it. Or can I have the crime pitches for it? And they say, yeah, that's a certain fee. 
you do it and they just send you an encrypted folder and it, it, it's very easy. And like I said, I, I still have my press credentials. So, you know, I went to journalism school and that's what I am. And especially now that most journalists are uh, freelance. So I always have them. And, and that's how I use, that's how I sort of gather the information on most of the cases I do. So a lot of people, they, uh, they'll say, you know, well, I, I read Wiki and, and it doesn't mention anything about him being ass fact. Yeah. So it must not be true. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll say, well, you know, what can I do? Yeah, you know, this is this is what happened there. Well, show me your sources. I demand you show me your sources. And it's like, dude, this what is you fucking- should do is just go in and edit it. And then that well, look now, the ass fucking is in wiki. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I try to tell them. Wiki is just people that edit it. But you know, it's just like I demand to see your sources. Like, dude, this is fucking YouTube. This isn't Watergate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're talking about ass fucking, not presidential fraud yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly you know so i mean and, and ultimately in the, in the way i re- approach youtube if, you, if you've seen any of my things it's it's entertainment because I'm a, I'm a you know i also have done sitcoms and comedy writing so i tried to meld them all together where it's a bit silly it's a bit tongue-in-cheek and and while still sticking to the facts but you can tell that it's not if you take what i do very seriously you, you're probably watching the wrong thing we do a podcast for our patreon me and jack it's called brutal and what brutal is is kind of more in the vein of 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 what you do as dead bug but you do publicly which is so ballsy mm. and but the brutal episodes that we do are are for patreon only and in brutal we kind of pull all the stop signs out for for what is acceptable in in terms of comedy and also details and we get a yeah. lot of our ideas well, not a lot the uh, for two episodes so far of the brutal podcast we've got the ideas for those episodes off of your off from dead bug says oh wow and yeah we did we did the uh murder of suzanne capper which we got from the i'd never heard of that case jack hat neither and okay, uh, yeah. i was watching the, your the, channel one day i was like this is fucking i'm that, fascinating that, i've never heard of this a, case before that's a girl from manchester isn't it who got murdered yeah 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 and tortured yeah. yeah and then the other one we did was just the the last brutal that we did which was um what's that fucking freak's name david fuller the morgue man oh yeah the the, the bed set killer the guy that's fucking having threesomes with corpses and fucking bringing him pizza and he's and he's going down on him and stuff holy fuck and you know a lot of the reason that i chose to do that one was jealousy i think what david fuller <laughs> david fuller <laughs> you you feel you've been uh, you've Just, been you shortchanged in life because you haven't been able to get yeah. with stiffs <laughs> Just the idea of this buffet of corpses, <sighs> and it's a victimless crime if you think about it. Well, that's what I would. But, that's what I would say is the argument too. But I wouldn't want to bring that up to a, a judge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, that that was look, look, just look a judge dead serious. And be like, what is the problem here? <laughs> that was a fucking brutal. Cr- that was insane. That was one of those things. It was hard. That was insane. Yeah, man, it was rough. That was insane. And the funny thing is, they gave me. I, I just emailed the police and they just gave me a big fucking folder. They didn't even charge me for it. And I, and I was, I was just shocked. I mean, that this guy was fucking the corpses and stuff. It just, it, just for me, that's insane. One of those. It was disgusting. Yeah. And those are the kind of cases that we look for, for brutal, which is just the hardest stuff to write, the hardest stuff to listen to, the hardest stuff to read. And um, your channel is a smorgasbord of finding cases like that. Well, the funny, you know, the funny thing is, is that with stuff like that is you never know when I go do things because people, because I've had people accuse me, oh, you, you trying to shock people. 
You're trying to upset people. You're not, though. No. You're just presenting the facts. Mm. I- exactly. And you know what? It's just, or, or, or they'll say you swear to get a reaction or to be edgy or to sound like a tough guy. And I always say, well, well, how do I sound like, why, why would you perceive me as a tough guy? You've never seen what I look like. I don't say anything to try to put across that I'm a tough guy. And maybe because I have a foul mouth because I have an inner, you know, I grew up in, in, a, in an inner city background, but I mean, there's nothing that I'm trying to shock people. I'm saying the, I'm saying the facts and it's, it's, it's too bad that people that find the facts so upsetting, but this is life. I mean, this is, this is out there. Sometimes people are just trying to, trying to ask fuck. Yeah. It's- well, yeah, that's the reality. Of, well, despite what NBC wants you to know, there's a lot of ass fucking going on there out there, man. <laughs> well, well, that's you know, because people people always people always say to me, well, why do why why do why do the serial killers in your in your uh, documentaries always ass fuck? And they make it look like as some sort of me, like I'm adding in that fact, like I'm sort of have yeah. some sort of thing, <laughs> like you just have this infatuation with ass. <laughs> yeah, fucking, like yeah. you know, I got a picture of an anus on my wall or something. It's like, listen, when they and I tell them when they stop ass fucking. I'll stop reporting it. But, you know, these these are serial killers. They're, you know, the fucking degenerates. They're not Mr. Rogers. Why is it a problem when we talk about ass fucking a lot, but it's not a problem when people march about it? Well, ex- exactly. Like, they're super happy about, <laughs> like, if a gay people make signs, it's like, yeah, ass fucking. We love ass woo, fucking. Woo. I'm so proud of it. We talk about ass fucking a corpse and everybody gets their goddamn panties in a bunch. <laughs> you know, sometimes, and this is the honest God truth, I'll see a case and the, the details are coming. And as soon as I see the sodomy, I say, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to fucking do it because I don't want to listen to someone say, how come you always have ass fucking in your, yeah, you know, and it's, and the, <laughs> and the thing is, but the ultimate truth is, is that I do the story. I never try to shock people. Right. And that's, and that's, and that's the honest God truth. I never say I, I try to shock. I never realized I was shocking people until people started saying they were shocked, you know, like on Live Leak and stuff like that. They're going, holy fuck, this is, this is so fucking out there. But ultimately, like I said, we- I, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. If you're shocking people on Live Leak, well, dude, you are talented. <laughs> well, exactly. You know, odd, oddly enough, Live Leak, just before they folded, they wanted me to post exclusively for, for me. They said, what can we give you to, you know, what can we pay you where you could just post exclusively for us instead of YouTube? And uh, I just said, well, nothing. I'm not interested. And then they folded. I like to think I, I played a part in their folding by rejecting them. <laughs> I, I could have saved life. Like, no, but it's, you know, and it's just, it's just, I just like that freedom. I don't, um, you know, I, I just don't want to be committed to that sort of thing. I think that maybe some of the the negative, I, sometimes I don't think it's so much as what you say is, so I sound inbred, right? Now, I, whenever I whenever I talk, the second I open my mouth, especially people from from inner cities and stuff, they hear my voice, and I mean, just to stay on subject, I guess they think of ass fucking, but they think of ass fucking like your cousin or your sister <laughs> or something like that because of how I sound. So they think you're you're automatically automatically into it. You're down with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or just down with just having sex with everybody in my family because of how I sound. Exactly, because and I can't help that. And dude, whenever we first started doing TCK, people thought I was doing a character. I was like, no, this is how I sound. But thanks, I guess. <laughs> Maybe the what you're dealing with. I think some of it is just in how you sound. I've talked to Jack before. Mm. You kind of sound like a like a fifties. Mob boss, like a mafia boss, and I, that's my favorite thing. One of my favorite things a dead bug says is just your voice, the way you sound. It's so unique, and you sound like it's like 
It's like listening to the most heinous crimes imaginable in the most detail possible. And it's being told to you by your by by a mafia boss, because that's kind of you. You have this intimidating sound like demeanor and voice. And I think maybe that in itself rubs people the wrong way sometimes. Yeah, I I, I think you may be right there. It's, you know, and it's, and it's funny because when people started telling me this 50s noir, you know, to, this sort of grizzled detective sk- sick, uh, sip and scotch telling you the story, I thought that's really clever. You know, that's really. Yeah. But I wasn't that clever. I mean, I just started just sort of talking and, you know, and, and telling the story. And, yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of times, you know, maybe uh, – uh, you know they don't like me. They they perceive me as a, which I'm I'm still just a character. I mean you know I presented. Let's put it this way: I've presented the six o'clock news. I certainly didn't go up there and start saying ass fucking and you know. So it, it, it is a character. But yeah, I think you're right. I think people just hate what they perceive as that that character. They they I rub them the wrong way, and I, I don't get it myself because for me it's just entertainment. Right, and I feel like if I met you in real life. You would be black and white. You wouldn't even have color. You would just be like, that's, you'd be smoking a stogie. You'd have suspenders on. And, <laughs> and yeah, in real life, you're even, and that makes sense because, you know, when we were doing stuff in black and white, certainly not politically correct. But, man, I, I just wish that I had that, that kind of, I wish I put off that aura that you do, you know, this cool kind of, black and white mob boss telling you a true crime story with his feet kicked up on a desk smoking a cigar <laughs> swirling some fucking bourbon around in a in a glass and not the not the image that I put out there which is a a dirty inbred person sitting on a on a porch picking out a banjo in the woods come on in here let me tell you about ass fucking <laughs> well I <laughs> I have nothing to say to that except for I didn't get that I didn't I didn't get that perception when I saw you but uh, but uh, because I like that I li- I like your twang and your accent but <laughs> but yeah no I mean like I said people perceive things but you know I mean I I've sat and interviewed some of the high powers of the world and you know rock bands and you know prime minister of England I interviewed and people aren't politically correct. You like to think that these people are politically correct. They're not. They're not. They're not. When the do- no. when the door shuts, the you know, the prime minister's going, "Holy fuck, did you see the legs on that broad?" You know, it's like that's how people talk. So and and it was like you said earlier, people just do it to look good. It's self-serving. Yeah, oh. Uh, every bit of it is self-serving. Oh, for sure. And out of all the like people that you've worked with, cuz you've worked with some big names, like who was the coolest? Ooh. Uh, celebrities that you've met that you've worked with who were, who were you like that dude was fucking awesome or that chick was fucking awesome celebrities I worked with uh, Tom Baker from Doctor Who one of the original Doctor Who's okay I know okay. I know you guys don't know what Doctor Who is much in America Pharrell Williams I got to work with my hero Alice Cooper oh I've got an autograph by Alice Cooper wow see now now it makes my autograph invalid makes me feel not so cool thank you very much no you got yours in person i bought mine okay (laughs) so yeah so no alice cooper uh pharrell williams was was awesome the rapper ti was amazing i've worked with lots of amazing people i'm i'm I'm, I'm trying to think of uh uh, there's sort of a little la in a circle i worked with all the guys from nerd and with like nerd yeah well what is pharrell pharrell's band oh okay okay yeah you. you might be too young now but uh yeah, so I would say Alice Cooper or Pharrell. Most rock bands are very cool. You know, celebrities, you know, actors and things like that can be a bit, you know, not so cool. But uh, rock bands are always Especially cool. Especially actors. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I worked for MTV doing the entertainment reporting, so I had to interview people. And you know, and I'll tell you what: when you've got to uh, interview the cast from Buffy, oh boy, boy, oh boy, it, it will bring you down. You'll feel low. You know, when you when you're sitting there waiting for for some second class fucking demon from Buffy, and he's keeping you waiting an hour, you just think, what the fuck? And you got to sit there and kiss his ass. You think, boy, where did, where did my career go wrong? He sends a three-page uh, rider. Is that what they call it? Where is it called a rider where they make these demands when they get to wherever they're – what do they call that thing? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't deal with shit like that, the, the agents and, and, and stuff like that. But, uh, I, you know, I had to do all that sort of stuff for a while. Like, I, I had to work for the press for all – like, the Enterprise, for the Simpsons, for all the big shows on Fox at the time. Enterprise, Simpsons, Scrubs, Buffy the Vampire – Slayer and all those ones. So I had to deal with all those people and it's soul destroying because like I said, you're dealing with a lot of people that aren't going to be celebrities after that show, but you've, you're just going to put up with so much shit. Well, also just being around the, the fakeness that has to just take a bite out of your soul. Oh my God. Fuck. Everybody has this invisible mask on 24 seven and that has to just kill you inside. Yeah, I mean this this shit like, but then you but then you do something like like I interviewed Slash. Oh my god, that's my I've got a Slash tattoo. Nice. Oh, I have to see that. Slash is my fucking idol. Wow, there we go. Well, he I was going to say you, you interview someone like Slash. I interviewed him in Japan. And it was his last interview before he left Guns N' Roses and they were in Japan. And he was fucking awesome. You meet someone like that and they're Oh, that makes me so happy to yeah. hear. I was like holding my breath just then. I was super concerned. They're, they're like the real deal. You know what I mean? And people like that. So it, it, it's just, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's good. You take the good, the bad, but rock stars are always cool. It's all the newbies, the ones that are just starting out that, that think they're fucking, you know, they're special. The ones that I, I could mention to me now, you would never even heard of because they were here today, gone tomorrow. The ones that last, you know, like Slash, they're the cool guys. Slash is eternal too. Oh. That guy will be around. When the fucking sun explodes. Oh, yeah. I fucking, I, lo- I love Slash. I fucking love Velvet Revolver, everything he does. Well, Deadbug, I wanted to do some listener questions. That's cool with you. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm on a bit of a tangent now. When you get me, talk- get me talking about uh, Slash. Oh, I love it. I love it. Slash and music. Right now. Yeah, oh, me too, man. I, I, I got to say, man, you, you guys, you have so many fucking cool fans. I had them like message me, say, I heard you might do an interview. Like, please do it. These guys are the best. So you guys are loved. So I'm going to, I'm going to definitely, uh, subscribe to your uh, uh patron and because i gotta i gotta get in on this action well i think that a lot of our fans would uh there would be good crossover between the people that listen to our kind of content and the people that listen to your content um and and i feel like we have a lot of common ground so yeah that's why i think this was kind of a match made in heaven yeah ass fucking by the sounds of it ass fucking it brings it's been bringing people together since the middle ages since before it was the devil's work <laughs> It's like the new. It, it's like the, the new the new Coke commercial. We'd like to exactly. teach the world to ask fuck, share a Coke, and ask fuck each other. Yeah, that's beautiful. Exactly. That's beautiful. Uh, exactly. So so we'll fire away with these questions then. Okay. First question comes from a, a, a listener of TCK and a, a big fan of you. His name is John Joyce. I like reading their names because it gets them super excited. Okay. Uh, that dead bug now knows their name personally, and I and I get that too. Oh, John sweet. Joyce is uh, his que- quote. My question comes from the Born Evil episode about the horrific James Bulger murder. Oh, yeah. Uh, the way you wrote about that story with so much respect for the victim and absolutely none for the murders was perfect. I was eight years old when it happened. It was close to home, too close to home, but I think everybody in England felt that. Mm-hmm. Even as an eight-year-old child, I knew this was a very evil thing that had happened, and I'm wondering what kind of psychological effect 
did researching and writing that episode have on you after it was completed? And what are your thoughts on these scum cunts having complete anonymity and protection ever since? These kind of people do not deserve that. It's completely fucked. No, I agree totally, John. As for effect of it, I mean, you know, I started out at six o'clock news and doing crime, doing the crime report, then the 10 o'clock news, doing the crime report. Then I worked at NBC doing the crime report. So, I mean, I've seen everything from, you know, people shot in the head, the baby's dead, everything else. Probably uh, become a bit desensitized. Yeah. I mean, the first few times, you know, I would see something, I would go home and cry, or I'd, or I'd have to walk away and cry. I never puked or anything, but I would cry, and you'd feel embarrassed, you know, because you don't want to be crying in front of cops. Right. Yeah, because, I, you know, I would ride ride along with the police, and you'd get called to these things. So each night, you would never know what you're going through. And like I said, the first few times, I cried and or had nightmares. And then you get you have to get to this point where you say, this is your job. If you don't want to do this job, fucking step off. Let someone else do it, you know, go and become a nurse or something. So, uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't say this. I'm always, I don't like doing generally child murders. I don't like it. I got kids. I, I have a problem with it too, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. And we've covered a few of them, but I never, it's always the hardest. Yeah. It's definitely the hardest and pedophiles. I don't like those sort of things. It, it's just, it's, it's just hard. So, and, and as for, you know, for making jokes, uh, I mean, you just, how can you make jokes about something like that? I mean, you can maybe make jokes about the killer or something. And I got a lot of hate from that because a lot of English people feel only English people should cover that crime. It's their crime. It's their sacred crime. And little do they know that, you know, I was just laughing that, that the idea that this happened to an, a little English boy. So only the, the pasty English people. Sure. Fucking talk about it. it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, well, so many people would say, you know, you're a fucking yank, go and fucking, you know, stick to your own fucking crimes, and you know, this is this is our crime. It really is that sort of uh, that, that sort of attitude. But you live in England right now, right? Yeah, I live in England. I've lived on. And how and, long have you lived there? On and off, split my time between here in the states and Asia for over twenty years. I think you rate that rate being able to do that case. My kids are English. My is is that not there enough? You go. You know, I pay my taxes yeah. here, but yeah. So uh, I thought that was a horrible crime, and when I got when I got the case, and I learned about it, and I knew there was a sexual sexual element, like they'd stuffed batteries up the kid's ass and stuff like that, and and uh, J- oh, up Jamie Bulger's ass, and no one covered it. So I thought I got to cover this. I mean, I got to say it. I mean, they they found batteries up his ass. Yeah, it's horrible, but it's reality. Yeah, it's reality. And it's just a, just a horrible, horrible case, and and the area is really rough where it happened, and yeah, I mean, I th- I think these people should still be in fucking jail. I think they should have never ever let them out. But that's the English court system, so I think it's it, I I think it's disgusting. Not only did they let them out, they 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 changed their names and and hid their uh, their their identification and their location. Exactly. So they're I, helping them. The and they're probably they're probably on a fucking salary. They're probably getting a government salary. Oh, for sure. Because they can't, you know, because they can't work or because they can't. But that's fucking that's that's England, though, isn't it? That's a new that's a new fucking modern age, you know. Fucking uh, thirty fucking years ago, they would have let them out, would have pushed them out the door, and said, "Good luck." Yeah. <laughs> you know, and good at luck. the same time, you know, I guess in their defense, we were all kids at one point, and we all did silly things. Yeah. Well, I I, I mean, I've done some silly things in my life too, but I, but but. <laughs> <laughs> but I but I never shoved batteries up a kid's ass and threw them on the train tracks where it was cut in half. 
<laughs> I knew that was a joke, we by all, the way. <laughs> we all were little whippersnappers at one point. <laughs> hey, kids will kids Getting into trouble. We've seen the Simpsons. <laughs> kids will be kids. I mean, come on here. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was, it was it was a fucking horrible case. And when when I wrote in for the uh, the details, because you've got to go through um, you've got to go through a bit of a check sometimes. And the English police made mm-hmm. me, made me go through a check to make sure I wasn't a pedophile or anything. And you know, they sent me some pictures and stuff. And, That's why I never get the information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I don't. I'm not, that's silly. I'm not gonna say. I don't know you are. I'm not. But no, they 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 sent me the, the, some pictures and stuff. I couldn't even use them. They were too horrific. It was just. It was just. It was horrible, horrible, horrible. But I felt like I should do it. the way I approach things. Is I do. I'll do a documentary because I think there's. I can do it better. There's nothing good out there. And I agree that you do. No, oh, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, I yeah. always, I definitely always attempt it. If, if if I see something, because people they'll say something like, um, "What was that? What was the guy in the?" Um, I'm digressed a bit here, but the uh, the Branch Davidian. Oh fuck, um, D- David Koresh. David Koresh, yeah, great documentary on. Yeah, it was on. A, uh, is it Hulu about that? I believe ex- no Netflix. Exactly, and I thought that was such a good documentary. People say, "Why don't you do D- David Koresh?" And I think I could never do something that good, so I'm not going to attempt it. Well, there's also, uh, you probably deal with this. I I get like a million case suggestions a week from people and I appreciate it. But oftentimes it's just too much in terms of information. Yeah. So when you're trying to do, you know, a 10, 15 minute uh, mini documentary or even me where sometimes TCK episodes go two and a half hours plus, there's still, you can't walk away from that when there's too much information without feeling like you you didn't do it justice. Well, that that's the thing too, and you'll probably know this because you guys do the same thing. But there is a lot of information you've got to. Sometimes you just have to drop information, or you'll never get it done. Yeah, there's not an option. Yeah, it's not an option. Like people will say, "Well, you left out that part where Mrs. Stanwick, you know, she left, you know, she left her phone book in the garbage can." You think, "Well, fuck," you know, if I there's only so much I can talk because essentially I'm just a person talking. I'm not a podcast. It's a video, right. so you've got I've got to have I've got to have visuals and information. So you know, it's it, it is the bigger the case, the, the the more difficult it becomes, as you know. And there's so much more to editing a video than just like, yeah, we can do two and a half hour episodes because we're just dealing with audio. When you're doing what you're doing, you're doing audio, you're doing video, you're making your own gra- all this. I don't even know fucking how to edit videos, but I know what it's like to edit podcasts. Well, and I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, give put it this way, uh, you know, I'll do a series for the BBC. And I'll take from September, October, November, December. I'll take seven months to do a series of eight, and that's with a team of people. Okay. That's with a team of people underneath me. You know, that's maybe yeah. with about fourteen, fifteen people working for me. They edit, they do all the you know calling people and stuff like that. It's it till it still takes seven months. And you're doing Dead Bug Says completely solo. Solo, and I'm doing one documentary a week. So people say, oh, you could, yeah, I could take a month and I could create a masterpiece, but ultimately it's only fucking YouTube. So who am I creating the fucking masterpiece for? It's not, it's not Netflix. You want to pay me some real money, but otherwise it's fucking junk food. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't go to fucking McDonald's and, you know, stuff a burger down your throat and say, oh, this, this was a bit overdone. I wasn't sure about that beef. The cut was, yeah. It's just like it's fucking McDonald's. Yeah. So I mean, and that's and that's where and that's just the way I approach it. You know, I mean, I make fast that's food. That's the way we approach too. Yeah. Yeah. Fast food. Yeah. yeah. It's not supposed to be 
fucking written and produced by Warner Herzog. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, well, he's. I love that guy. He's good. He's really good. But yeah, he's great. But exactly but two different bases. Yeah, two, ex- different, two different listener bases. Exactly. So you know, and it's you know, and I still have my stuff on Netflix, and I have it on fucking Amazon Prime and stuff. And those are a certain kind of things. YouTube is a certain kind of thing. So, but anyways, so the final answer to that question is you do grow a bit immune to uh, seeing all that shit, unfortunately. It, you know, it doesn't make me a sadistic or anything. I, I, I still feel it, but you got to just suck it up. And, I, I, you know, doing it over long periods of time, you just kind of get a thicker skin. It, you, at a certain point, you've heard it all and seen it all. Yeah, exactly. It just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Next question comes from Trisha Rosenbaum Anderson, and Ooh. she wanted to know, what was the movie that scared the shit out of you as a child? Oh, jeez, that's a good one. I remember seeing. I remember seeing. I spit on your grave. I remember my uh, uncle Dave. Oh, what a great movie! Oh fuck! If you see the original, my uncle Dave owned the video store, and I would always go in there, and and he would. I say, gotta go movies, and I was like a fucking kid still. I mean, I just was popping my first pubic hairs, and he said, "Hey, they they banned this. They took it off. You're gonna like this." And I fucking watched that, and me and my friend Brian Brissenden. We're watching that, and we're like, "Holy fuck, man!" You see that scene where she, where he's, where she's jerking him off in the bathtub, and he's going, "Cuts oh, his dick off." Yeah, the and he goes, "Oh, yeah. that that feels so good, it almost hurts." And she fucking chops his dick off and throws it on the floor, and it starts spurting up all fucking white stuff and guts and stuff. Man, that had enough that a fucking effect on me. And then the one where the part of the the scene where. Uh, the, the the retard guy was fucking her and she uh she tied the rope the noose around his head and started to pull him up and he was still doing the air, air pumping he was like a fucking dog yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man that movie was people talk about stuff like you know cannibal holocaust no i spit on your grave was probably the edgiest because that came out what the eighties, I think. F- late fuck 70s, yeah, 80s? no, no. It, it, I think. Uh, I mean, I don't know when it came out in the movies, but I think it was about nineteen eighty two when my uncle Dave said they took it off the the shelf. So I think it was banned. And I've seen copies in England, but and I've, I bought it, but it's just it's not the same. Like they say, it's the original and cut, but it wasn't the one that I saw. Right, because they remade it. I think like around two thousand nine. Yeah, but it just wouldn't have that same fucking. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. You just can't remake stuff like that. It's like it's like Halloween and stuff like that. I mean, Halloween. Oh, uh, what, another one that I saw too. Just one more, just as second. And I was a lot younger. I remember watching it with my mom. Was Carrie the original Carrie with Brian De Palma? Oh yeah, holy fuck! When that hand reached up at the end with the grave and stuff like that. Right. Oh man, yeah. that now, it, might, it may seem dated now, but holy fuck, man! I, I was like, I fucking sharded myself. It was fucked. I could talk movies all day, and I'm a huge Stephen King fan, so hearing you say Carrie kind of gets my dick hard a little bit. I would say the new It was phenomenal. I don't know how you felt about It, the the newest. And I loved the 1992 version of It as well, but this new one, I think, I thought it was amazing. I thought the new one was scary as fuck. It was great. It was it was, it was fucking amazing. I, I, I don't think, even think you can compare it to the uh, the other one. And and it might not even be fair to try to because they were working within the constraints of television because that first one was made for TV. They're like, you can't talk about ass fucking. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but then you, uh, but then like I said, it's not always about ass fucking too. Well, uh, what was that movie? Uh, Carpenter, um, the thing. That was a fucking. Oh my good god, one as well. that's clap. Yeah. Home. Oh, yeah. Oh Kurt boy, Russell. that that one. Holy fuck, man! When those fucking dogs were starting spurting all that shit, and it's, wow, that was like heavy duty stuff. And I I watched that on uh, Netflix not too long ago, and it still holds up well. Probably some of the greatest practical effects that have ever been put, used in movies. 
I, I would argue. Yeah. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing looks phony there. No. You know? It's just. And the creature design of that is is still to this day disturbing as hell. It's aged really well, man. And when you read all that behind the scenes of how they did it, and they really went out in the fucking middle of nowhere. And you just think, wow, what an experience that would have been. That, that's art. This next question comes from Eric Matthew. Okay. He's a listener of TCK, but he's new to Deadbug. So he's he's asking, what Deadbug episode would you personally recommend a newcomer to start with? Oh, jeez. Hi, Eric. Man, there's so many of them. I always, when people say something like that, I always try to think of the worst one. I do too. I do too. I do the same thing. Because if I do something like, introduce them to one of the lighter ones, and then they watch the heavy one, and they're like, you fucker, you're racist. You yep. said this. You, you're a piece of shit. All the, phob- I've had people- All the phobic words. Yeah. Yeah. You're homophobic. You're transphobic. You're all those, all those buzzwords. Yeah. And, and ending it with, I'm a piece of shit. I would say, um, one of my favorite, which the original title for it was the retard terminator. <laughs> Do you remember that one? The retard terminator? No. See, I, and I gotta be honest with you, man. I'm a relatively new, I just discovered you not long ago and it was because of Jack. That I discovered oh, okay. you, so I haven't got to go through your whole catalog yet. You know, I saw Jack. He looks more like a grizzled detective than I do. He does, and he sounds, you kind of have the, he, he also has a very, like, a smooth butter kind of Morgan Freeman voice, like yourself. Yeah, yeah, he 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 does, yeah, really, the grizzled thing. But, uh, yeah, so the, re, I call, it was originally called uh, the retard Terminator, but I had to change it, obviously. <laughs> my what, my original, I had, a, I had a YouTube channel before that was taken down. They took it down, obviously, when I got titles like The Retard Terminator. But the funny thing is, is this, well, it's not funny. So the title of it is called The Sagamahara Massacre. And it's about this guy. He worked at one of these uh, care homes for the retarded, physically okay. disabled. And he went and and he was, he bet on, I don't know if you know, in Japan, they have something called handicap, super handicap pro wrestling, retard oh wrestling. God, <laughs> have you heard about that? No. What? Yeah, it's called Super Handicap or Retard Wrestling, and it's run by the gangs, and they put these physically disabled, uh, mentally handicapped, they put them in the ring, and they fight to the death, like, two, <laughs> two men, <laughs> sort of two men go in, one man come out, <laughs> sort of thing. I gotta say, man, I'm super against fighting pit bulls, but I don't know, something about this seems right. I don't <laughs> I, I, you see, you got me laughing now, and, and it's making me seem insensitive, but I laugh every time I, I talk about it. But they throw these people in, they're super handicapped, and it's called, that's what it's called. Google it, super handicapped pro wrestling. And these people are like fucking blind, they're disabled, they got flippers, and they throw them in the ring and they fucking slap each other. The goofy bastards are fucking kicking each other and Shitting fucking themselves. Yeah. Shit. And it's it. And, the, and if they lose the fucking match, they got to clean up their own shit and they throw them in the tiny bus back home. <laughs> And I'm not joking. This is no joke. I mean, I'm laughing because I'm laughing because it's so ludicrous because no one believed me. And I I stumbled across it. So anyways, the gangs there, the Japanese gangs run it and they bet on these people. And it's, it's, it's Japan's second biggest sport next to sumo wrestling, but it's almost unknown. It's secretive. How the fuck have I not heard about this? Dude, you got to Google it. You got to fucking Google it. And so anyways, this guy worked at the care home and he was, and this is where some of the, the retarded wrestlers worked i mean not worked they fucking like slept and i guess got cared for and their diapers cleaned and all that shit and then they would pull them out for the matches and then throw them back in there and he was like fucking fixing the matches and he was fucking making money off it and he asked these retard guys to throw it 
and they didn't throw the match, so he went fucking mental. Because they didn't understand the, the, the order? Well, no. <laughs> Who knows? But this guy, he went, and he fucking t- taped the knife to each one of his fucking hands, duct taped the knife to each of his hands. He went to the- Dude, what the fuck? He went to the, the, he went to the care home, and he, he was making fucking handicap, uh, handicap hamburger helper. He was fucking chopping them all up, and it were a massacre. It was Japan's biggest- non-war massacre ever and because japan is so embarrassed about their handicapped and disabled it didn't even make the front page or anything to this day they're like yeah, that too it's horrible and he fucking but these people they were strapped to the bed and they got security footage camera footage that i got in the documentary of him just going in and fucking chopping them up when they're in the bed they're strapped to the bed and he just goes in he fucking chopped them up i think he killed 19 of them god damn and then when they went back to his apartment, they found a million dollars worth of cash under his bed. And like I said, it's, it's their biggest, second biggest sport, super handicap. And it's funny because you'll see, they'll say blind versus blind, son facing mother, retarded facing crippled, super handicap pro wrestling. So that's, yeah, you got to watch it. Oh, <laughs> why do they do yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. So, so, but you got, but it's, I'm, I'm, I'm not What's joking. The name of that video? I'm going to write that down. It's called the Sagamahara Massacre. And the only reason I knew, I knew about it is because I uh, lived in Japan. I would recommend that because it's the sort of the hardcore of what I do. And the police, it was the police who called him because he was a Terminator. Uh, he was a fan of like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. When they went to his apartment, he had all these Arnold Schwarzenegger memorabilia, statues, life size. So that's why they called him the retard Terminator. That's what the police nicknamed him. <laughs> I kid you not. It sounds like I'm joking. I don't want any fucking hate. I don't want anybody fucking saying, oh, that bug doesn't like cripples or retarded. I got nothing against them. No, it's this guy. Yeah. This guy's the problem. <laughs> Just saying the facts, man. It's, I report. It's, it's, it's like ass fucking. I report it. You're fucking punishing me for that, you know. So, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's pretty heavy duty stuff. So, it, but like I said, I got some of the security footage. And like I said, this guy, I mean, he's so hardcore. He, he duct tapes knives. To his, and then he, and they've got the, he's got the security footage of him going in, and then he just went afterwards and he just handed himself into the police because he had bet so much money on the match, he knew that the mafia was going to kill him, so he had nothing to lose, and he figured he, he he's in he's in for life now, and he the, the mob can't get him. <laughs> I'm almost excited to be done just so I can look this up. I'm, I cannot I cannot wait to watch this video. Good, you got, I, what, I can't believe this is ha- and this is happening in 2021. Uh, it happened, uh, I think, uh, like I said, my first one, because I called it Retard, Retard Terminator, got taken down on my original YouTube channel. So I think this happened in 2017. So yeah, this is recent. This is, re- this is-, this is recent stuff. And I just re-uploaded uh, just to see if I could push uh, YouTube's buttons. And I, I re-uploaded it. It's obviously plus 18, but go check it out. And check out um, Super Handicap Pro Wrestling. If, if anybody disbelieves me. Super. And the, and the funny thing is, is that they say it's empowering. They believe it's empowering. How can someone who still shits his pants and wearing a diaper know what's empowering? He can't even fucking spell his name or eat without a fork Velcro strapped to his hand. And you're saying it's empowering for him to get his ass kicked. And you'll literally see some <laughs> some fucking guy with flippers on the ground getting pummeled by some fucking blind guy. It's 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 bizarre. And they fucking love it. You know, you were talking about whenever you suggest a new listener, you you go to the to the worst abrasive one. I do that. We have an episode on TCK called Corpsewood Manor. Oh, I got a. Oh, I I like it already. In that episode, I say the word faggot, and it's like <laughs> I spent a lot of time in my early twenties at. So my <laughs> my ex wife, we had lesbian friends, so we'd go to gay clubs all the time. Yeah, 
And I've in the bathroom been within two to three foot of a, a one dude butt fucking another dude. Jesus. And I didn't have a problem with it. I just pissed and then went back out to the club and some dude, you know, would smack me on the ass and buy me a drink, whatever, <laughs> you know. But like I, I say, I, I usually use Corpus with Manor because I know that in that episode I say faggot. Yeah. And I feel like as the listener, if they can listen to that episode, even though I'm not using it in a in a in a in a way that has anything to do with hate. Yeah, or or anything. Um, that is the the in that case to uh, gay men that wanted to live by themselves and and just be together in the woods. They weren't bothering anybody, but they were doing it in Arkansas, I believe it was in a in a place. This is also in the eighties where they're going to be using the word faggot. Yeah, right. There's a lot of hate there. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's so I I feel like if I if I turn them on to an episode like that and they can get to that episode and realize that. What I'm doing, much like what you're doing, is doesn't come from any place of hate or maliciousness. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. I feel like if they if they listen to that and they get through that and they enjoy the episode, then they can handle anything else that I'm going to throw at them. And you're probably, just, I don't, I'm not putting words in your own mouth ma- and in, in your mouth, but you're doing the same thing. Oh, for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, what I do is entertainment. That's what I tell people. I'm just entertaining people. And you 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 know you're talking to a guy that's interviewed the prime minister of England and heads of state and stuff. So I mean, clearly I'm not talking like that in front of them. So I'm I'm having fun. I'm 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 kind of like if you and I were at a bar and we we're talking, just having a laugh and drinking. That's how I talk amongst my friends. And now I'm turning on a mic and I'm doing what I did at a television station, but then I'm just talking over it and joking. And this is the same sort of talk that I would do with the editors when we're making the show. And now I'm doing it and I'm releasing to everybody. If you don't like it, then that's okay as well. But it's certainly not any, anything that I say isn't coming from the heart. That's for sure. Right. Well, Tracy Cash, and this is much, we're going to switch to a lighter tone here. I thought we were on a lighter tone. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tracy wants to know, Tracy, Tracy Cash, longtime uh, listener of ours, and she's also a big fan of yours. Oh, wow. Thank you, Tracy. What's your favorite dinosaur? My favorite dinosaur, T-Rex. Oh, classic. That's yeah. the classic, classic yeah. answer. You can't go wrong with a T-Rex. It's like... The Big Mac of the dinosaurs. Well, yeah, it's it's the obvious one, but they're the fucking brutal ones, aren't they? And they're fucking the little arms yeah. and they're fucking, you know, they go around fucking killing things and stuff. Yeah, I, I've always liked T-Rex and one, and one of my favorite bands is called T-Rex. So, Gotta say, I was a little disappointed when I found out that scientists now believe that the T-Rex had feathers. Really? Because in my mind, the T-Rex doesn't have feathers. Yeah, oh. he had feathers. Oh, that's fucked up. That takes away, doesn't it? Fucking makes him a bit of a homo dinosaur. Yeah, exactly. Fuck. It's just like a fucking giant, not oh. even a raven, more like a blue jay or something. Just fuck. That's fucked little... up. I didn't read that. You fucking, you, you tell me you, you got an autograph from Alice Cooper. Now you tell me that fucking T-Rex is, is a, a fucking got feathers. You're wrecking every, all my. Just a fucking giant pelican. Yeah. That's all the T-Rex was. Yeah. Fucking wrecking everything. They also believe he was a scavenger, more of a scavenger than a, than like a predator. Oh, really? Oh, that's fucked up, man. Because I, I grew up watching Land of the Lost. In the seventies, and and you know they had the you know the dinosaurs and T Rex was always fucking chasing them. So I, oh that's too bad. Ah, that's too bad. I just got these really. Turns out, yeah, T Rex may have been a giant pussy. Oh yeah. fuck! So do you just With feathers? Sounds like it sounds like you and Tracy ganged up to just fucking wreck all my childhood uh, <laughs> beliefs. Thank you, Tracy. Yeah, thank God we had all of our chips in that dead bug was going to say T Rex. So this Did really. You- <laughs> I was just fucking up for him. Thank you. Thank you very much, Tracy. If you had said Brachiosaurus, you would have really fucked my flow up. I got I to gotta be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, had no, you had nothing on that, did you? Uh, yeah, but yeah. That, but then I wouldn't be able to go, I can't even say that word much fucking 
know what it is. I like those ones that the flying ones with the fucking, they're like big uh, birds and they got the- Pterodactyl. Yeah, and they got the fucking spike. What do you got to say about that? Turns out that was just a giant blue jay. <laughs> so- Okay. <I'm> just... <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he was still a badass. Okay. I think the pterodactyl is still a badass. Okay, just not the T-Rex. Okay, but there, there's your answer. at Homestead. She's a, she, now I will say uh, of all the, and I got a shitload of questions, man. I just picked out a few here, but Hyatt Homestead is a massive fan of yours. She was tickled to death. Uh, whenever I said that, whenever the the two of us were going to be talking, okay. so she has a few questions here. Oh wow! Okay, well, and I'm just going to machine gun them at you. Okay, Hyatt. Okay, because there's a bunch of them. I'm ready for this, and I can answer some of these for you. If she says, "Does he do everything on his own? Uh, research, editing, and art?" And I believe the answer to that is yes. Every everything everything uh, I do by myself. When I do a TV show, I don't do anything except for tell other people what to do. But this, I do everything myself. I write it, everything. And you work, what is it, like 12 to 14 hour days every fucking day of the week? Every fucking day of the week I do it. It's just fucking insane. And I and I keep thinking to myself, why am I doing this? Especially when the algorithm, when I'm, I'm getting lower and lower. You know, I have channels that rip me off and fucking copy me. And they start and they fucking surpass me in a few months. Like my numbers are so low. I'm so shadow banned. And I think, why am I doing this? And then the answer ultimately is if I, if I stop doing it, I'm going to disappoint people. They win. Yeah, they win. And I'm going to disappoint those people that, that enjoy doing what I do. I mean, so it'd be so easy to go back, you know, to NBC or whatever and just go through that drudge of daily, you know, nine to five of making soul sucking. Yeah, just, just, you know, but, but it pays good. That's the thing. It's soul sucking, but it's, I mean, I do what I do for love here, not, not for, uh, for financial rewards. That's for sure. She also wants to know, uh, why did you choose to live overseas? Oh gosh, that's a bit of a complicated question, but I, I was, I was working in LA and uh, I was a television writer over there writing uh, for, for believe it or not, Disney. And I got an offer to come over here and start up some uh, music channels and uh, do some work over here. And Sky hired me, Sky News. And I just came over and did that and started writing on uh, TV shows here and doing sitcoms. and Just kind of grew roots. Yeah, just grew roots. And uh, if, I'm, if I'm being honest, I fucked this English girl and got her pregnant. And I, so... <laughs> Tell as old as time, my friend. Yeah, exactly. And tell as uh, old as time. And I had kids here, and I, you know, now I got to pay child support. And I want to see the kids and stuff like that. I'm fucking, I love English women too. They're so hot. Okay, okay. She wants to know what's your favorite story you've done. My favorite story I've done, like my favorite show. I think uh, she means on on the Dead Bug says on your YouTube channel. On my YouTube channel, oh jeez, uh, there's a few of them, but the the retard Terminator is one of them for sure. And Lockerbie, I did one on the Lockerbie uh, plane, you know, uh, the bomb that brought down the uh, passenger plane. Okay. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. And my last one will probably be the Mendez Brothers is one of my favorites too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love- Heavy hitter. I love that. Yeah, the Mendez Brothers, yeah. They're actually on a, I'm sure you know this, but on a basketball card. So the Menendez Brothers- are on a profession on an NBA basketball. Oh, that's right. That picture. I fucking love that. Yeah, I saw that. That's funny, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and I believe I, I might be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that picture was taken the night that they murdered their parents. I don't know that. I hadn't I hadn't heard that before. I'll have to check into that. But the, it just shows how loaded they are because they're, they're courtside seats as well. They're right there on the floor, right next to fucking Jack Nicholson and yeah, I mean, he wasn't in <laughs> those Jack Nicholson seats. Yeah, no, they're, they're fucking big, big hitter seats for sure. Yeah, so that's definitely one of my favorites as well. Her next question is, does anything scare you? 
Uh, and I'm going to switch that question up and say, we're all afraid of something. So what, what scares you? What, what is, what would kids? I think the, the one thing that y- you do all these things on serial killers and stuff like that makes you more wary when you've got kids. You know, oh, yeah. you, Absolutely. you're always, you know, don't talk to strangers. Don't, you know, and she's like, dad, I'm 21. Doesn't matter. Don't talk to strangers. You know, it's just, you, it, it, that's my sort of, my thing is, you know, don't talk to strangers. Where's the kids? You know, the, 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 the phone, you know, uh, you're, you're just nervous because all these stories that you end up doing, it just seems a lot of these things are literally, you know, the kid gets out of the car and she, you know, stops for a second or she turns the wrong Oof. way. Yeah. And it's just, it's a very random. These, these murders aren't as planned as you'd think. They're just very random, wrong place, wrong time. So that scares me. And it never happens in the time and place that you think it's going. It's always when you, you your guard is down. Well, well, exactly. You know, and that's, and that's, and that's the scary part about it. You can't predict it. So it makes me nervous. That's gets, I guess goes back to the not liking, crimes involving children you know people say oh you 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 know you don't joke about that and it's just i don't really think it's funny you can't i might joke about the killer but there's nothing funny about a child dying no i agree 100 what's your favorite movie i know we talked about the thing and carrie but what's your favorite all-time favorite you're stuck on an island oh you get to bring one movie what's your desert island movie scarface al pacino Okay. Oh, fucking what a what a great answer! Fuck. What a great yeah. answer! Yeah, I never get sick of that. Fuck you! It's still on Netflix. I can just fucking watch it all the time. First time I watched that as a fucking kid, I swear to God, I was Cuban for about six months. Like everything was. You, you talking to me? You fucking talking to me? Everything was in school. Everything we were we we're all Cubans. What's funny is you'd still be more Cuban than Al Pacino. Yeah. So <laughs> exactly, but yeah, no that that was uh, that was definitely one of my favorites. Next question she has is, uh, and, and this is actually uh, something that I was wondering myself and I didn't even realize it. Where did you get the name Deadbug? Deadbug originally uh, came about when I was working for NBC. I signed uh, agreements. Well, first of all, in the 80s, as a graf- I was a graffiti artist, and that's what I called myself. That was my tag. And then I was a DJ, and I called myself Deadbug. Then when I was working at NBC, Alice Cooper agent uh, had contacted me and he wanted me to do something that he'd seen a short film that I'd done and he wanted me to do something for his tour to uh, shoot like some rear screen projection things for him. And I said, I couldn't do it. And they said, well, why not? Well, his agent, I wasn't talking to Alice Cooper. And I said, well, because, you know, I, I work exclusively for NBC and I could, and I could get in trouble. And they said, well, why don't you just use another name? And I said, oh, that's a good idea. And I couldn't think of something. And then my girlfriend at the time said, why don't you just use your tag, you know, when you're a graffiti artist? And that was that buck. And I said, yeah. So that's how I started using it. So I started just anything that I did that I was sort of didn't want NBC, you know, because I basically get fired. You can't do business with someone else. Right. You're under contract. So, yeah. So that's so that's the long and the short of it is that when you work for NBC or Sky News, but especially NBC, you you sign a contract saying you can't work for anybody else. So I started, that's bands started coming to me to work for them. And I was thinking of leaving the news, but I, you have to do it on the secret. And plus I was getting the two paychecks. So I just used that bug. And then for some reason, the same, the same thing when I started a YouTube channel, this is my second YouTube channel. My first one was dead bug, which YouTube took down. And then I said, dead bug says, and it's the, it's the same thing. I just, I don't want, I don't want my personal. I don't want people to say, oh, this guy's. You know, just trying to cash in on being a television director, and he's slumming it by being on YouTube. I don't so. think anybody could ever accuse you of that, man. Oh well, thanks, uh, thanks, I, bro. I really don't. 
Thanks. Well, I, I try, I try to, uh, to sort of separate the two. So that, so that's the reason why. So there's, there's no fancy sort of, uh, meaning. Although when you type it in Google, nothing, every, every, the only thing that comes up is some old broad doing fucking yoga moves. So I, I wish I'd thought it out a little better, but you make your bed, you gotta sleep in it. She wants to know, would you ever consider doing live shows or tours? And maybe her, her next question, uh, kind of on top of that is, uh, at, at eleven fifty nine media, we do these quarterly. They're called we call them dark meets, where um, we we do a Zoom meeting with all of the all of the listeners on Patreon. Oh, that's so nice. Answer questions, uh, hang out with the with the listeners. Uh, I, I usually end up getting drunk, and it's just a fun time. But so I guess this is a loaded question. But would you ever consider doing live shows, tours, or like your own type of dark meets? Probably not. If if like I had to show my face, I'm pretty. Uh, I, I'm like a pretty. Uh, secretive in that way i don't want to you know uh that makes you more appealing though yeah i like this i think oh well thanks but i I like to sort of like keep that sort of like you know like some people say oh i didn't know you would have looked like that or i would have thought that or i would have thought this i I, you know i I like to sort of keep that sort of just that that mystery side of it not put anything out there i get so much bullshit of people saying oh you're english pretending to be you know american or you're you know it's all these different things And, and i guess i just try to keep that that mystery of it so I, I i would love it i'm not shy i'm not um but just more very uh guarded i would say considering the content that that we tend to cover that's probably smart oh yeah probably a good idea fuck dude I- jack is actually the same way oh is he yeah he's very uh private uh has actually his catchphrase uh, for his podcast, Dark Topic is eyes locked or doors locked, eyes cocked, stay paranoid. Oh, fucking right. So, yeah, fucking right. I, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, <laughs> I've had people fucking death threats and everything else. And it's just fucking, it's just fucking hilarious. Like, loosen up, dude. It's fucking YouTube. Well, man, I, I've got to, I've really enjoyed this. I've had a great time. I'm sorry. I said that I would only waste about 20 or 30 minutes of your time. We're rolling up on an hour and a half. Wow. Well, I'm I'm sure you're going to edit it down to uh, be, uh, to make me sound really interesting and exciting. Absolutely. (laughs) I I could not edit it at all and you'd be great. Just don't. This has been a lot of fun, man. Oh man. Same here, dude. I got to say, I mean, just, I'm going to start, um, I, like I'm gonna subscribe to you guys because your fans that have contacted me are the fucking coolest people, and I've I've had, I mean, and, and then I'm not disappointed. You're like as cool as I thought you would be, so I'm not. I hate doing this sort of thing, and this is like this has flown by, and I don't even I, I haven't even realized I've been talking to you. It's been so fun. Likewise, nice. Likewise, nice. This has been one of the this has been one of the uh, funnest interviews I've done. I've done a lot for TCK. Nice. I've really enjoyed this, and maybe we can. Uh, do this again sometime. Sweet. Trying to catch up with you every couple months, maybe. I'd love to. I'd love to. Uh, six months or so. Yeah, I'd love to interview you for my uh, patron because um, I would love to do that. that set it up. Yeah, let's. And and I, and I could turn my uh, discerning journalist eye on you and ask you the questions. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's nice. It. Nice. Nice. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well, thank. Well, thank you very much, man. Thank you for being here, man. I appreciate it. All right, guys, that was Deadbug. Deadbug Says, and if you want to watch his YouTube channel, like I said, go to Deadbug Says. You're probably going to have to top in the entire thing, Deadbug Says, because YouTube is a bunch of fucking dildos, and they'll they'll try everything they can, and I'll show his content. So Deadbug Says, check out his videos. Um, you will not be disappointed. I hope you enjoyed this. I had a lot of fun with the guy. Cool guy, great guy, um, and, and I'm very happy to say now that I know him. Um, and that is it. This has been a TCK Extra. We'll be coming out next week with a new TCK episode. So keep your eye up and out for that. And uh, and thank you.